Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. This week, I'm catching up with Sydney-based artist Nadia Hernandez. How you going, Nadia? Good. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. <laughs> thanks for taking the time to sit down and have a chat. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> no worries. So, um, I don't know a lot about you, really. Uh, where, you know, you're from Sydney, I'm from Melbourne, or you live in Sydney anyway. Um, but you're originally from Venezuela. Yeah. Um, yeah, what was it like growing up there? Um, so, I mean, it was, I'm going to just say it was really amazing, um, growing up in Venezuela. Um, I lived in, but it's, so I lived, I was born in Venezuela and my family are from there. My grandparents are from there, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I lived there until I was nine. Um, so I've kind of grown up in lots of different places, but my memories of childhood are really cemented in that particular country and my hometown, which is Merida, um, which is in the mountains. And um, that was really special. And um, I really try to harness those memories of what my childhood was like, especially because the country looks completely different now and is experiencing um like a very extreme crisis so those memories and that time that i spent there growing up like become even more precious because it's like a testament that what that was did exist and um and i i got to experience it um so i think that's kind of like what really drives my practice is um it's wanting to share my culture and wanting to share a kind of concept of before and after in order to like try to find ways to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what, what's happening over there? What was the before and, and the after look like? Um, so it's really hard to condense everything that's happening, but I'm like, I'm really happy to also alongside the podcast and the interview kind of submit um, more information regarding that because I feel like we'll talk about it. You need like five hours to discuss, but in short form at the moment, the country is um, exp- like in a dictatorship, but experiencing a crisis that's um, humanitarian, environmental, um, social. Uh, political and it affects like every individual every sector across every industry so there's like um you know there's no water there's no electricity um like yeah every every aspect of the country is pretty much falling apart you know and um i think this is an ongoing fight for for venezuelans in the country and venezuelans that form part of the diaspora to um to regain that democracy and to um you know move the country forward because venezuela is like a really incredible place it's um um it was a place too that a lot of people that welcomed a lot of immigrants from all around the world that um um had a lot of resources and a lot of opportunities so it'd be great if the country could one day like be that but also just be better um in general so yeah yeah and and uh, like what sparked the move to australia so after venezuela i moved to the us with my mom who was doing her phd 
And after my mom finished her PhD, this was all when I was very young. So I moved to the U.S. when I was 9, 10, and then my mom did her PhD and um, got an amazing opportunity to come to Australia when I was about 16 for work. So it was all through the travels and um, I guess academic pursuits of my mother that we ended up in Australia. So it wasn't my choice, but happy to be here because <laughs> um, I was too young to decide <laughs> and couldn't go back home on my own or couldn't stay in the States. So it's been, um, it's just been the, all the moves and my experience growing up has just been based on opportunities that have been given to us. So um, at the time when we moved to Australia, to like the country um, was already, I mean, Venezuela was already, um, we could kind of see what was happening and, and that having the option um, to move to a country that could offer citizenship would kind of like be a really great opportunity we couldn't miss out on. Um, and that is why I'm here. So, yeah. Mm. That's interesting because I've um like I I traveled a lot through uh Latin America. Um yeah. I spent nearly two years traveling throughout there. I didn't oh, make it to Venezuela, unfortunately. But when um, did you like I left at the start of 2011, arrived at the end of 2012 in London. But um, yeah, traveled all like I started in the north of Brazil, went down to Patagonia, then all the way to New York City. But did it all by land and buses and stuff. So. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. What was your favorite? Do you have a favorite location? No, not, I don't have one favorite. I've got many amazing many. moments. Yeah. But uh, yeah. it's so different because like, you can't really, you can't compare like Rio to Patagonia or, or you no. know what I mean? Things like that. But I, I, I really like Central America because uh, the travel times are a lot shorter. Yeah. There's a lot of, lot of 24-hour bus trips and things like that involved. Ooh. But um, but one thing I did notice, um, you know, I met a lot of locals on my travels and, uh, you know, wherever I was at. And a lot of them said that they didn't have opportunity. And mm. um, so hearing the story of you and your mum traveling and your mum was looking for opportunity, it, it makes sense because, you know, they used to say to me, oh, what do you do in Australia and this and that? And I'd tell them I had a job and da 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 But they'd say, oh, gee, I'd love to um, be able to study and, and get a job. They, they uh, you know, you might have like a 20-year-old guy like supporting his yeah. whole family off one wage, like grandparents yeah. and everything, you know. And he's like, I can't just up and leave and go study or anything. It's, you know, you re really realize how much um, opportunity we have, you know, living yeah, in, in a country like Australia. That's right. It's like definitely a harsher reality. Um, and I think even pursuing a creative career is just almost completely out of the question. I think that's something that. I have to think about sometimes when I feel really um, overwhelmed with with what I do. Um, it's also hard to be an artist, but I think it's harder to be an artist in other parts of the world. So that's like yeah, worth remembering. Yeah, yeah, we're really lucky here in Australia. Um, you know, living as artists over here because there is a lot of support from um, community and uh, and the government and local councils uh, there's lots of projects on the go whereas i actually yeah. I, I actually gave a had a crack at you know being a full-time artist living in spain and the, the opportunities weren't there yeah you know, and exactly. the economy was low 
you know, you try and sell a painting, but people don't want to spend any money. They they yeah, they, they practically want it for free, and you can't make a living. You know. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So you, your art's inspired by the Venezuelan political climate. Um, like, how how do you go about reflecting that in your art? Um. So I think it's it's a little bit more than that. Like, I think my work is about my experience. Um of diaspora uh, as a Venezuelan woman. Um, and that reflects the political climate because that is, um, I guess, what anchors my being here and not there. So then I try and explore that through like more universal themes, such as, you know, family or um, hope and uh, I guess concepts that seem really broad and kind of basic, but at the end of the day, they're actually very important. And, um, and through memory, through storytelling. So for example, um, for this current exhibition that I worked on, Sangrante Mataca, which closes today, I um, started the work after reading a poem my grandfather wrote by the title of the show. And kind of connecting with uh, my grandfather in that way and, and finding, um, finding conversations within, within his poetry, but within the themes in his poetry, which are, you know, to do with the environment, to do with, like, um, environmental devastation specifically, um, that, like, kind of connects us all together as well. And then because I work with textiles and I work... Um, with collage and a little bit of painting, I find ways for those narratives to like feed into the stories that I'm trying to tell in my work. So whether that's a conversation with my family or something, um, or images that I took the last time I went back, which was two years ago, or articles that I've been reading, I just try and kind of tie that all together. Um, but it's always anchored by something super personal, like a family story or a poem. Um, yeah, so I think making it personal allows people to kind of um, see a, that experience, like someone's personal experience, and um, maybe create more of a connection to something that's very distant and um, probably needs to transcend um, an experience of just reading an article online. So I think maybe art can be a way for people to like be drawn into um yeah to something more personal maybe try and connect with it a bit more and reflect on their own experience yeah and um and how did art enter your life um i guess we all make art right at some point or another i don't know like maybe when did it enter my life are you talking like when when did you first make something like when you were a kid well not just that but just um like, when did you pursue it? Because I guess we, as kids, we when all draw and, like, you know, yeah, we all have art class in high school. But yeah. <laughs> um, When did I pursue it? I pursued um, – it's really interesting because – so I can talk about what I studied, but it all kind of ties in together because I studied fashion – I studied fine art, but I majored in fashion, and then that led me to realize that I was actually really interested in textiles – I really like the tactility and um, I like 
the ability, I just love making things with my hands. And I love the way that, um, like the texture of fabric and the stories that, um, that like textiles carry. And when I was studying fashion for my final year, for my final year, I went back home and I worked with an artisan named Carmelo Aliso. And um, he taught me how to weave. And then I, uh, and he also wove textiles for me. But what was super special was all the stories that he shared with me while I was there and all like the knowledge that he passed on to me while I was there. Um, so I think maybe that was the initial pursuit through studying something that I don't really relate with now, like fashion industry or fashion in general, but discovering textiles and discovering that art was, um, was what I was actually interested in and could start to pursue. That's when that began probably 10 years ago, but I, yeah. But when did I actually pursue it? I don't know. It's been an ongoing thing. Cause then I studied design. It's all just been, about trying to work out when I can and can't do what I want to do based on the necessities that you have, like paying rent or um, just living. But um, yeah, but I think the journey of becoming an artist has led me to acquire a lot of skills along the way, which have like made me reflect on what an artist is. And I think that's just like what life is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like all encompassing. <laughs> It is, it is, because I, I think the more art you make, the more different mediums and opportunities that come your way. You just, yeah. just be creative and, I don't know, it yeah. all, all just starts to come together. And you can't, you, you know, you can't, no one can see the future. And exactly. uh, like even the other day, I was messing around with mediums that I'd never used before and it's like a, a light bulb moment. It's like, oh, what my you, God. What are you doing? What are you experimenting with? Uh, I was experimenting with airbrush. Oh, and, cool! Um, an airbrush and ink. For a, I was halfway through some paintings, and I, I was just looking at them, going, "I need to get some black line work in here. But I, I don't want to do it with a paintbrush and paint. Um, I want. I, I really want to find a new way of uh, finishing this, these paintings off. And I was messing around with like Chinagraph pencils, but then they weren't giving me the line that I wanted. And there's all sorts of things, but I was playing around with. And then. Um, Someone asked me if they could borrow my airbrush. And I've had one in, in the studio for probably two years. And yeah. I've, I've used it once for one, like, really? for like five lines and that was it. And I got the compressor and everything. And then, uh, yeah, I fired it up and showed him how to use it. And then um, he left it with a whole bunch of ink left in it. And I finished off the paintings and it was like, wow, Ooh. this is, I couldn't, I didn't, couldn't see it coming. But uh, yeah, now I've got to, uh, now I'm going to start playing around with that. Looking forward this to this tough. afternoon. <laughs> Um, how did art enter your life? <laughs> and, uh, oh, throwing it back at me. Um, yeah. Oh, through, through uh, graffiti and skateboarding. Yeah. Yeah, really. You know, I was a, a, obsessed with skateboarding. A mm. lot of my friends who skated also did graffiti and I'd go and watch them and, uh, yes. you know, sit, follow, follow them around at night and, you know, I'd sit there, uh, you know, drinking a beer on the train lines while they're painting away and, look out for them and stuff like that. And one day I said, oh, give me a go. And uh, oh my God. it's funny because most of those guys, like everyone's gave it up and I kept going, you know. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and here I am today. Graffiti, I'm like, maybe I'll do it later in my life. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it'll be backwards. Uh, yeah. I tell you what, it's, um, you know, it doesn't have to be like letters or anything like that, but you do a lot of type in your, like, in yeah. your artwork anyway. And the like good. Mark I guess yeah. it's 
we see on the street. Yeah. yeah, but the good thing is, is there's a freedom of, of doing a line like as as tall as you can reach all the way to the ground, you know, and, and working with shapes that size. Yeah. It's, um, it's really liberating and it's um, it's full body movements. It's not just your yeah. wrist or, or your, you know, your elbow or anything like that. You're um, working with your full body and there's something beautiful about painting at that scale. Yeah. Especially yeah. with spray paint as well. It's such a, a fast medium. That's true. I've never used it. Yeah. Yeah, but I like the idea of like engaging the body, and I think so. I, I love dance. I'm not a dance. I mean, I'm a dance. I guess we're all we can all dance, but I'm not a dancer. But I love dance. It's like my favorite artistic medium, and I always think about like when you're painting a mural and how to. I feel like at the moment when I paint. Um, walls because I haven't painted that many and they feel kind of rigid to me and I just want to have like the freedom to just move with it but without being worried about what the brief is or what the outcome is or what someone's expecting the work to look like yeah but I think when people see your work and they just want like depending on if it's like council or if it's um you know depending on who you're doing it for I guess when you're not doing it just for yourself there's always going to be restrictions mm. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, th I think it's important to have your um the freedom in your artwork as well. Like for <laughs> with me, for instance, I've I've got a a bunch of friends who are still um you know quite active in in graffiti, and I um like I I, I don't consider myself an active graffiti writer anymore. But but what I'll do is on a, say a Sunday afternoon, we'll catch the train out to the end of the train line and ride yeah. our bikes all the way back back home. But we'll go through industrial areas and find places to paint. And, um, you know, when you're in the studio and I'm usually creating for an exhibition or a commission or something like that, mm. there's a, you know, you're sort of trying to make it as best you can and hope that someone likes it or whatever. Whereas those days out painting are really important to me because I can paint whatever I want. And, um, yeah. I don't, and, and also I'm trying, and sometimes it's illegal as well. So I'm trying not to link it back to my art or my name. Yeah, so I've got to think of something completely different to paint and outside of my style. And it's um it's really liberating, and yeah, I think think awesome. as an artist sometimes it's good to, um, yeah, you, know, you got it's good to be free with your art. Yeah, you know. I don't like that because I I don't know maybe I'm just at a moment too where I'm like oh, I really want um I want more balance in my life because you I was reading through some of the uh, short questions that you sent me and there was one I'm just gonna get it up so I was like I think I want to answer it now. Okay, we'll <laughs> skip it later. <laughs> and we'll skip it later. Yeah, but it was like, oh, yeah, where are you wanting to take your art career? And I was thinking about that because obviously post-exhibition, I've got like a bunch of projects coming up, which are all really exciting. But I'm like, what do I really want with my art career? I think it's just for it to connect with my life more, but in the sense that I want there to be like more balance with it every day with like what I eat and how I move through the world. And then maybe it's just finding more moments of like individual freedom that aren't always based on an output that's going to be seen by a bunch of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So totally. I think what totally. you're saying sounds really good. I'm like, oh, oh, really cool to try that. And without any expectations or any sort of agenda as to why that would have to exist, you know? Yeah. Go find, yeah. go find some places to paint where no one will see it. You know, abandoned yeah. warehouses. I don't know. Like, even if you know someone who's got a wall 
and they, yeah. they say oh can you paint my wall it's like as long as i can paint wherever i want and they go, yeah go for yeah. it you know um you know when i was in south america i i painted like i don't know lot, nearly, probably about a hundred walls at least but a lot of them were uh, a lot of the people were just happy to have an extra layer of paint on their wall because it means that they're um you know their their house isn't going to fall apart they they yeah. think that that layer of paint will give them a bit more protection and they were, they were wrapped you know mm, that's and, cool and over there i was just painting whatever the hell i wanted as well <laughs> that's cool yeah. yeah i was actually but, trying to find myself <laughs> trying to find the yeah. style you know? <laughs> did you find i mean i guess it's it's a really great time to experiment too because when you don't when you're kind of taking when you're kind of cutting off those strings then you find things within you and you're like you know you practice you like would have never allowed yourself to do before because you know when we're making things sometimes we can place a lot of like constraints so it's nice did you discover did you discover some new oh yeah um, yeah yeah the art that i'm doing today is um is all based off off that trip really that's amazing yeah it still it, it continues you know i um i discovered that a minimal color palette works for me and i i was carrying all my paint around with me and catching buses with it and everything and then having to take it to wherever i was staying so i only would only have one or two colors or three colors and then um and also um you know i i was painting really regularly so i was always trying to think of something new to paint didn't want to just paint the same thing over and over again and uh yeah i started working with characters as well we're still seen in my art today Mm -hmm. and then um i I discovered all the uh, the ironwork, um, you know, the the over the windows and doors, you know, to keep people out of their houses, and I found that really interesting, and you know, that still appears in my art today as well. So that that trip really, um, you know, shaped what I'm doing now. But at the time, I, I my head was still in Tom from Melbourne, you know, yeah. and and I I slowly discovered <laughs> it, and it's only now like I. I'm looking through old sketchbooks and just finding little gems that I drew. Finding new things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you work with some uh, some interesting mediums. Like, um, like yeah. what are the the mediums you you work with predominantly? So predominantly, I work with paper. So paper construction, like collage. Um, but I also work with oil sticks, which I paint onto canvas and then the medium that I find I'm going to be kind of like taking on the most like doing the most with moving forward but it's also like what I started doing is working with textiles because I think that textiles can encompass all of those aspects and I for the last show I did um I was mixing a lot of the textiles like in kind of patchwork and with text um but then I started painting on them as well um, so using the oils onto that. So I kind of like how the textiles can relate back to the canvas works and maybe they can like converge together. And um, I'm interested in installation as well. And I think that the medium um, can keep expanding um, as long as, uh, you know, there's something that I'm, that I have. I mean, for me, it all starts with the storytelling and the message, um, and the research or the conversations that I have in the lead up to to making a body of work. But um, what else am I doing at the moment? Also working with sound. Uh, I collaborated with a friend whose name is Andrew McLellan. And he designed this piece of sound for my show 
that was based on recordings and interviews um, and sound bites and music songs um, over all related to to Venezuela, and that was really cool. So I feel like there's a lot of mediums that I'm that I'm working with. Yeah. But, no, it's good. Yeah. I've, I've been looking at your art, and it's like it seems like you you really experiment with the different mediums, but you you steer clear of the traditional ones, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I'm not very good at them, or maybe I think that there's a lot of people um, because I didn't go to art school. You know, I, I studied fashion, so I feel that. Um, I mean, I think I paint when I paint a mural, but I think that's totally different to to what painting is maybe maybe i've put too many restraints on myself or maybe i have too high expectations of certain mediums but yeah i do still steer clear of like the more traditional ones yeah you mentioned um oil sticks like i've yeah. uh I, I, I may as well ask you seeing as you're here but um i've been wanting to i've I considered using oil sticks but i don't know much yeah. about them and just the having oil in the name just put me off because it's like oh is that going to take six weeks to dry or something like that like are they easy to use and and do they yeah, dry it's like using recently? a crayon it's so easy yeah yeah and it's um it's like using a crayon i think that's why i was originally um into them my friend suggested it um another artist who i love mark also I um, he was like, you should try these. And then I tried them and I loved using them because I was already kind of, um, doing a lot of my mark making and illustration like studies with crayon. Mm-hmm. And so the oil kind of took it to like the next level. But, and also I don't know, I'm scared of oil paints as well. Yeah. Um, so oil stick kind of feels like I'm still using oil paints. <laughs> Um, because it's the paint in, in this kind of almost like solid like form, but you still, you still has to dry. It depends on what you use. The ones I use only take a couple of days to dry. Um, there's Sennelier. That's the brand. Yeah. If you want to check it out, like not like they don't, <laughs> it sounds like I'm shouting that, but no, for you, if you wanted to try them. Yeah, cool. And still experimenting too with that style. And for the last show, I got really loose with them. And um, and they, it kind of starts looking really amazing when they start to converge and when they start to kind of like bleeding to to each other. So there's so much that you can experiment with. So yeah, try. yeah. I just yeah, I've been studying art in my own spare time, and um, yeah. I've just one thing I keep finding with uh, with most of the uh, the greats anyway is they go th- move through their career and they just get looser and looser as they go yeah. through their career and. Um, I'm trying to sort of find that looseness with him, with my art as well. And I find yeah, that um, I, I'm just trying to find things I can get a continuous line with instead yeah. of having to stop and start, dip it in paint and then keep going, dip it in paint and keep going. I want, want this nice flowy continuous line. Maybe so, you yeah. need to make your own device. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just- yeah. Well, there are a lot of artists making their own tools and yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting time. Yeah. I think that's really cool. I kind of want to make my own oil sticks. Yeah. Try. I think it would be nice too to maybe make make something out of materials that are less permanent that maybe, you know, depending on where that artwork exists, might only exist for like a very specific amount of time or like maybe get washed away. Like if I'm making an oil stick or making some sort of paint that's natural, then maybe it would just get washed away and 
and then that's it. Yeah. You know, on my research on you for the uh, for this interview, I noticed you've done a lot of really cool projects. Yeah. And, um, you know, what are some of the uh, your favorite projects you've worked on? Um, definitely one of the fa- my favorite projects was doing New Year's Eve for the city of Sydney. That was really special and the project that I always dreamt of doing. And then when I got to do it, it felt very surreal and it was really special to see the artwork projected on like the Harbour Bridge and the animations. Um, like my work being animated as well. That was, that was super cool. And then also because it connected me to a lot of Venezuelan people that like were back home that hadn't heard of my work, but because the work was seen globally, it was that ability for like a commercial project to then connect my art practice to the people that I've always made it for was like really, really amazing and super special. Um, trying to think what else. Sorry, before we go on. So with yeah. that project, so did they, they projected on Sydney Harbour Bridge while all the fireworks were going off? Is that right? Yeah, so I did. So it was pretty wild. So I did the entire um, visual, like, I guess, that what did they call it? They called it like the visual expression or I was the creative artist for the for New Year's Eve and so the works were displayed all around the city so they were like on buses on flags um and then on the night the my color palette was the color palette of the fireworks and um the yeah the works were projected onto the Harbour Bridge pylons and they were animated and then it was like broadcasted and it was like well it was big deal. Wow. <laughs> How'd that yeah. come about? Um, I think actually it came about because I had previously worked with City of Sydney on um, on an art and about I, the first mural I painted, which was for art. Oh no, the second mural I painted, but of that scale, the first one, um, which was for art and about in 2015 or 2016. Um, that Elia, uh, that Namsko, like got me on board for and pretty much taught me how to paint. That was cool. Um, I worked with the city on that project and they really liked my work. And then I was suggested for the New Year's Eve project. So they approached me based on that previous work I had done and how it was perceived. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm just trying to think. It's really hard to go back in time which ones have you seen what are you i saw um <laughs> which i saw the we transfer oh thing. yeah that was cool what was that all about so that was we transfer approached me um that was really cool because it was it was like a they wrote a really nice story on my work and i got to share a lot of my process and like the photographs photographs that i took while in venezuela and um and then basically they just displayed um, high-risk images of like some of my, my artwork and, and projects on to the WeTransfer site, which was great because then a lot of people saw them. And then I did a small but still good like project with Apple recently. And um, I think they found me through that. So I like that every project's an opportunity for another, you know, person to see your work and... That's great. 
yeah. It's yeah. all about getting getting your name out there and your, your imagery, I guess. Yeah, imagery more exactly. than name, you know. You want people to be familiar yeah, with your exactly. art. Yeah, and yeah, being recognised for some for something for like a visual aspect. Mm. What did you do for Apple? Uh, I did a cover for um, uh, for a playlist. So they had a so it's a super tiny project, um, and I haven't. I realized today that I haven't posted about it, and it came out a few months ago. Um, but yeah, it was a cover for like their Latin playlist. It's called the Fiesta. Um, which is interesting because sometimes I'm like, oh, am I just that go-to artist that just gets, you know, kicked to do all the Latin stuff, which happens sometimes, but I don't mind it. It's okay. <laughs> I'm like, proud of my culture. So Yeah, it's good. It's better than being picked to do Australian stuff when you really want to be doing Latin stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, own, own it. It's le- at least you've got yeah. – because um, I yeah, think for a lot of artists out there, they don't have, like, an angle or anything. Yeah, and I think the other special thing that comes with that, like, with being so vocal or being so explicit about, you know, what I'm trying to say with my work and what it's about and who it's for and, you know, using text in Spanish. And um, I think what it's done, which has been really – amazing and that's like the beauty of the online space it's how it it connects you to to you know people that you would have never met before like the amount of artists um the amount of venezuelan artists who are also living overseas right now and i've been connected by uh that that i've connected with by instagram and through them seeing those projects or through me seeing projects they've been involved in has been really cool because um you know, how do you retain, how do you retain your culture? How do you retain that aspect of your identity when you're completely isolated from it? Yes. You know, like in, in, in Sydney, I only know a handful of Venezuelan people. And um, I know there's lots of us, but a handful that are artists or a handful that are creative, it's like when you're, you know, you already have so much in common, but then you also make art then that's like a super special connection so that's been really great and really positive part of um of being seen you know of being in spaces that are visible so yeah no i get that i get that yeah and another uh another project i saw you you do that i thought was really cool you made a throw for slowdown studio yeah. That oh, that awesome. was really nice. Yeah, that was really cool. I think um, I really loved. Um, yeah, I really love seeing how the two D components of my work can be applied onto different mediums, and then getting to do a throw, um, which also like speaks back to my love for textiles, and you know, for the work to exist in such a tactile format. It's super nice. I think that was really. It was really cool to work, and super easy to work with them as well. Um, but yeah, I've done a lot of collaborations with, um, brands, I guess, but I did one too with, there's a Sydney label called Camp Cove Swim and we did swimsuits together and there's a towel as well. So that was really cool. Cool. Yeah. It's like your, um, you know, your background in fashion is, uh, coming into your Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, it's my, it's worked out. (laughs) Do you, do you, um, do you have much say in like, um, you know, did you just like give them an image of a painting or something like that, or do you actually like work with them to, you know, show how you'd like it placed on the artwork on on the uh, fabric? 
Yeah, I think what usually um, I'll make a repeat print, like the times where I've done print collaborations, um, I've made the print or indicated how like the repeat's going to work. And um, I think it helps just understanding the process of, of working with textiles and also like how garments are constructed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always very collaborative. And, and I think... It's always, um, you know, when you work with people that respect your work and when you work with people that are really passionate about what they're doing um, and have really strong values, then it, the process becomes really easy. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's good uh, It's good collaborating with people who you, um, you know, you, you really want to collaborate with. Like I've, yeah, uh, you know, people say, oh, who, who would you like to collaborate with, uh, you know, brand-wise or whatever. And it's really hard to um, to pick the brands, if you know what I mean. But then the yeah. ones that actually come knocking on your door, you would yeah. never have thought of. And it's like, yeah, this is this will be great. I'd love to work with these people. Yeah. yeah. I think for me too, it's become, I mean, like there's definitely no dream client or dream brand to work with, but it's the project. And it's if that project has integrity and if that project um, has a message and you know, is ethical or, or it's got like a sustainable component or it's sustainable, then that makes that decision really easy. Um, I think sometimes you get like a dream client, but then the project's like, you know, like not, it doesn't align with the things that, that should matter. And then you kind of have to like turn it down. Yeah. But yeah. Dream, <laughs> dream client, not dream brief. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so do you have a way that you go about drumming up work or do you just wait for the emails to come in? At the moment, it's a little bit like that, like waiting for the emails to come in, especially because I'm balancing um, the, like there's so many aspects of my work. There's like, you know, there's, I have a design background. So then that lends itself to allowing my work to be applied or to exist within more like design centered spaces, such as like the fashion collaborations, some the textile print, etc. So I think um, it's like balancing those commercial projects within my artistic practice. And I think this year I really wanted to focus on, um, on pushing my art practice and um, the mediums within that so that means that then there's certain aspects of my work that is sacrificed so that another part can shine, but then there's like a financial balance that's really important to strike. So um, usually um, usually I do wait for those emails to come in, but there's also like other tactics that, that you employ, right, to like maintain yourself afloat. So um, such as like making more accessible versions of your work like I think not I, I don't know the in the lead up to the show because I'm investing I was investing a lot of money into the exhibition I was like oh I just should make a print or like should make a set of prints and then that can sustain me but I, then I didn't have time to do that so I was like ah the prints yeah <laughs> so I think while I wait for the emails to come through um I think you develop enough tactics along the way and skills to know how to sustain yourself when that work isn't available but and I used to struggle a lot more before I was known or before um you know when I was starting out it was like 
emails wouldn't come through. So then what did I do then? I was, um, you know, taking on like branding jobs and doing more design related um, projects that had nothing to do with my style or my artwork. So I think you constantly have a little bit of a fear, but then you've come so far and people know your work more and more that it's like about just easing that sense of anxiety. Cause it's like, you know, people aren't going to just forget about you. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. you know, taking on like say a branding job or anything like of something like that, would you, if they, if, if brands came to you and wanted to sort of use your artwork as an element of their branding, would you turn that down? Because then it would, um, you know, then your art would say their brand, not, not your brand, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think it really depends. Um, yeah, that's right. I think it depends on, on what it is and what the brief is and like what the parameters are within that project. Um, and also because I see my work, my work's evolved a lot too. Like it's very, like it is very recognizable, but I think to where I'm pushing it, um, there's also, there's room for it, for it to grow. So it would depend on the brand or it would depend on that project. And if it was, you know, mm. worth lending that to, but yeah. I feel like every collaboration kind of does that, you know, you, you kind of lend a little bit of yourself to each each project that you do. So you have to kind of be okay with that being in a lot of spaces. But then I just try and relax and think about the people that I whose work I love, who've done that really well in the past, like Keith Haring, you know, like when are you tired of seeing Keith Haring? I'm never tired of seeing Keith Haring. Mm. <laughs> on a record cover, on a mural, on a t-shirt, anywhere. It's like his work was so powerful, is so powerful because of the message of that strong, like political message that it had. And I don't think you could ever get tired of seeing it. So I'm not saying that's me, but I was like, just thinking about him. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean, but I, I was thinking more like, um, you know, if say a brand says, Oh, I want to use your artwork in, you know, I want you to do our logo in your style or whatever, like, you, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like I've had, I've had brands come to me and want to use my artwork in, in say, a logo. And I'd, yeah. just, I'd have to say no because yeah, like, exactly. I'll, I'll do an artist collaboration with you for a, a limited yeah. time. But um, but that but this is my brand and I've yeah. built it and you're trying to use it <laughs> for your brand. Yeah, and, exactly. I, and, 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 you know, it's like you try to go out and do, do things as an artist and they say, oh, you're that – such such and such company it's like no i'm not i'm i'm me they just use my artwork for their logo and it's killed your art business yeah exactly <laughs> you know? yeah i don't think um my particular artwork or type could ever that's right i mean it's already it's you it's who you are so i don't know why somebody else would want it you know yeah to yeah. Some, some people are lazy and they want to buy into something that you've built and they think that it you know, they don't realize how much it goes into being an artist and developing a style. It's, um, yeah. you know, it's essentially who you are because especially if, you, if you're making a living off that, it's, you know, you're living and breathing what you create. Yeah, exactly. I think it should, I mean, it's that thing. It's like I, I've done, yeah, and then that's always where it has to be collaborative, right? Like when it's got to have your name attached to it. It could yeah. never be something else yeah. on its own. That would just, that would be wild. Exactly. Yeah. I don't work any other way. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've, you know, I used to um and ah about it, especially when, you know, I didn't have any money and, 
yeah. you know, you're desperate for some and some an email or or something financial to come your way, and it's just yeah. like you know what, I I can't sell myself like that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but your your artwork is uh, I guess I could describe it as as folky. Is- I guess so. Yeah, I think um, it's definitely. I mean, it's. I mean, for me, like my, one of my main sources of inspiration is the artwork I grew up seeing in my grandparents' house, which is like Latin. You know, it's like Venezuelan folk art. It's like local, um, um, like paintings that were made by by local artists in a style that was like flat and um, two dimensional. And um, that was rooted in like telling a story and like telling a story of, of, of the day to day. And I think that is kind of what I still try to do and what I've always, um, yeah, what I've always been really inspired by. Mm. Yeah, mm. I, I love it. It's like, um, did you find when you were first starting out that, I know, did you feel that it wasn't enough? you know, to make it as an artist because you know how it's like it's flat and everything because I paint the same. I, I paint flat, oh, yeah, flat color and, yeah. and, and a bit of line work and that's about it. And, yeah. you know, I remember um, the idea of being a full-time artist, I, I thought uh, it, my art's not enough that no one's going to want to yeah. buy because it. it's not photorealism or something. I guess I always, yeah, I kind of, yeah, I know what you mean and I've thought about that too because also – I think with the paper constructions, and I think that's why I've really pushed them and I've really pushed other mediums, because that was kind of the first thing that that I was, I guess, recognized for. But I think that with paper cutouts, you know, you always have, um, it's like a medium that's super accessible that anyone can do. So like that style can be replicated by other people and it does. And I often see things in online spaces that, you know, they don't look like my work because I know what my work is and it's totally different. But at the same time, it's like, oh, I could have done that, could have done it much better. Like, and it's really frustrating. Um, and so that goes back into that notion of feeling like, oh, maybe it's if it had textures or if it was, you know, um, painted or like you always kind of have that sense of doubt with your work I have doubt like all the time and it's crippling in the lead up to an exhibition to the point where I'm like I don't know if I can do this anymore it's like really full-on um but I'm just trying to be kinder to myself now you know I feel like um take away a bit of like that unnecessary pressure and just kind of allow for that joy in making to like be the driving force um, because I mean, people like your work, so it, and, and you enjoy doing it and you enjoy, I mean, sorry to say you, but I meant wine enjoys or like I enjoy, we all enjoy doing what we do in whatever medium we do it in. We're drawn to doing it in that style. So that should be enough. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to, th- you got to think back to even what you were saying before about like Keith Haring, you know, you said you mm. never get sick of seeing Keith Haring's artwork and look how basic yeah. that is, you know? I know. Yeah. yeah, it's line work, but it's amazing. And um, I think that then it transcends just the fact that it's a line work because a lot of people do line work. But I think, you know, a lot of people cut things out of paper. A lot of people um, do styles that other people do, but it's in the energy. It's it's in what encompasses that particular work. And it's like, well, Keith 
when he painted, you know, he moved the way that he moved, like his outlook towards um, his personal experience and what he was saying, also like the politics of what was happening around him. It was like a perfect combination of like a style that was really bold, but then also he was like painting what was happening in his life, but what, what was happening at the time. So it was like a perfect um, capsule of a moment in history. I think that's like, you know, I'd rather that any day over like photorealism, but, you know? Yeah. And you also got to, yeah. you know, I, sometimes when I feel that is my art enough, like I, I think back to what I like as well. And, um, yeah. And I, 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 there's a few paintings out there I've seen that are just a couple of lines, and I've just been like, "Wow, that's awesome!" Yeah. You know, yeah. And I'm um, like so into so, what, yeah, so yeah. basic, you know. And yeah. it's it's like, hang on, that that was enough for me. Like, I absolutely love that. So you know, let's just roll roll with what you like. Exactly, and it is that. I'm like, I've never got. I actually, I'll, I want to show you because these are some. This is somewhere. I'll show you some art that I've brought back from home. Yep. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is a painting by an artist named Armando Romero. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and this is kind of like the works that my grandparents have all over their house. But when I got to go home last time, I, I brought some stuff back with me that I bought while I was there. And um, I'm just like forever attracted to that type of work. Like, it's it's so beautiful. And then this is like a... A virgin. This is just like a wood carving. Um, it's very simple too. And then this is like a little house. Um, with oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They've even got so, the burn marks on the above the fireplace with the lighter. I know. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry to torture the listeners there, but um, yeah, they were three really cool uh, works of art, and they were all um, they were all basic, but really cool. And, uh, yeah, really good examples of uh, what we've been talking about. All right, Nadia, are you ready for some uh, rapid-fire questions? Yes. All righty. Uh, name one artist you think deserves more shine. Um, my friend Miguel Gonzalez, who is another Venezuelan Sydney-based artist, he deserves more shine. He's a painter and um, a muralist, and, yeah, he's just also a really amazing person. So I want to see him you know out there cool. is he <laughs> on instagram know who he is. yeah his instagram name's mlon mlon m m like let me just double check let me just double check can i name a few people yeah go for it all right so there's mlon so m l o n yep and there's carlin diaz He's amazing. Also Venezuelan artist living in Paris. And their Instagram is at Carlin, C-A-R-L-I-N, Diaz, D-I-A-Z. And Valentina um, Figueroa, who is another amazing Venezuelan artist. And her Instagram is gelatina, G E. L A T I N N A. So they're my like top three. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, that they asked for us. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's one uh, medium you'd love to work with? Uh, uh, scent. Scent. Yeah. Cool. 
Yeah, when I keep working with scent and sound and I'm like just really interested in, yeah, I don't know, just bringing people into those memories and bringing people into those like intimate spaces. And I think that um, hearing certain things or smelling certain things like automatically just take you to a place. So I think that would be really um, interesting to work with. Yeah. So what's, uh, what's one skill you wish you had? Uh, I wish I uh, was a better photographer and I wish, oh, I wish I could drive. I don't drive. Yeah, drive. It's a skill I wish I had. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a learned skill though. Yeah, yeah. I can learn that. Yeah. Wait, is that what you mean? Yeah, it's, I guess so. Yeah. yeah, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be art related. Yeah, driving, photography and like just videography. Like I want to, I think... I want to work with video and I feel like it would be helpful to learn more about how to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. And with photography, do you mean like do, uh, documenting your art or just being a, a creative yeah, photographer? Yeah, just a photographer. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm the same. And I'm so. just so impatient. Like with things that I'm not very good at, I just like, uh, I don't want to, yeah, I don't yeah. want to, Yeah. I went out and bought a nice camera to document my artwork and I, I take photos with it and then I also take a quick one with my phone and it's like, why does it look better with the phone than, than the, the expensive camera? Like, Yeah, exactly. Like I'm doing you? something wrong here. I know it. <laughs> yeah, but then I also think, I'm like, maybe you have enough skills and maybe you just work with people that are really good at those things and yeah. then, yeah, just exactly. learn to drive and then I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, outsource the, uh, the skills. You yeah. know, for the ones, you know, to professionals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite artist? Um, I was thinking about this and I have a favorite artist, but they're a musician. And I always talk about this person. Sometimes I'm like, have I spoken about this person too much? But I've decided that we can never speak about this person too much. Um, their name is Simon Diaz and they're a musician, a composer, um, from back home, but what they did with music and storytelling was so special because it's a he's literally someone that everyone knows back home and everyone loves and the storytelling and his music, um, it's just like a gift for our culture. And I always think about how he did that and that ability to um, to bring people together, but also through the sharing of, of, of culture and through like regional culture and, um, and folk music, essentially. I'm like, how, how can I do something like that? I always think about, about his work. He's my favorite. Yeah, oh, cool. And um, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, not to not be so hard on myself. To like, yeah, know. everyone everyone says either that or to chill out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't stress. It's all it's all I wonder, right. Yeah. I wonder if we all say that to ourselves if we would have gotten to to this point though. You know, yeah. I'm like if I hadn't been so stressed out, would I have then achieved those things? But I think moving forward, I mean, yeah, I would I would say that to my younger self, but I will say that to myself now for the future that like you know to not be so high on yourself yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah totally um 
What's your uh, dream project you'd love to work on? Um, I would love to do any project that involves me going back to my place of birth. So I would love to do any project back home in Venezuela. It doesn't matter what it is, but because I can't go to the country, I can't go back because of my passport status and due to the political climate, um, then the meaning of doing anything physically there takes on like a lot of, um, becomes really important. So I was thinking, I'm like, oh, I could choose to work with anybody or do anything anywhere in the world, but it's really simple. I would just want to go back there. And um, actually, I do have a dream, which was to um, create kind of like a center for learning um, craft or uh, techniques. So like all the art that I showed you before, like this little sculpture and um, the painting, I think that those practices... Um, you know, they're, they're so, they're so folkloric and, um, so, um, so specific to like different regions, but a lot of them, a lot of, a lot of, so like the last time I went back home, I was able to bring these things back. I was able to, to buy them what was left. And my mom went back last year and she went and visited some of those galleries and she said, well, a lot of them have closed down. A lot of them don't have anything anymore. A lot of these artists can't practice or make their work anymore because one, no one's buying them and two people are just like focusing on survival. So I think in the future when things change, I would like to go back home and then establish like a center or a space that can teach people and like teach people how to um, like, I guess, re um reignite like the artisanal industry yeah if that makes sense so like get artisans to teach but also work and kind of create some sort of like center that can function as a gallery but also as a learning space that can just like reinvigorate that part of our culture which is like being lost right now so that's like my ultimate project my ultimate dream yeah because yeah. even even places with uh you know high tourism <laughs> Yeah, it brings out a lot of the local, you know, artisans as well. Yeah, because, you exactly. know, they make little knickknacks they and they, they're making things to sell to yeah, people walking yeah. by, you know. Whereas yeah. if, you know, a country like Venezuela, it's in, um, you know, it's in trouble right now. Uh, yeah. You know, you're not going to have, like, lots of tourists flooding there. No, not at all. You know. Exactly. Yeah, there's just, like, when you think about a loss of, um, you know, I, I, I think everything – you know, in terms of when people are just trying to survive, you know, when you don't have basic things like water and electricity, but when you think about how that impacts what being a human is about, which is like sharing food and sharing culture and sharing stories and seeing that be lost is like super devastating. So to think about how in the future that can, um, and even now, like starting now is something that can be done. Um, so yeah, it's just like problem solving these things, like who to connect with, how to make this happen, um, how to discuss it, how to share it. So yeah, kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, do you have any, uh, future plans or projects in the pipeline? Yeah. Yeah. I have, um, I'm going up to Brisbane in May to work on a project with Brisbane city council. I'm painting a 60 meter mural. It's really big. Wow. So I've got that coming up. 
Um, and then I'm, I have a, a few more like art related, like exhibition. I mean, like a couple of group shows and, um, that's, that's happening as well in yeah. June in Sydney. Um, I'm in a, the John Freeze award, which is on June 21st. So people should come to that. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and, uh, and finally, where's the best place for people to see your art online? I think on my Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. What's the handle? Yeah, I have a website which is just my name. dot com. But um, I don't update it often, so yeah. I think the best place to see my art online is on my Instagram. Yeah. What's the handle for that? Nando underscore Nandos. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Nadia. Well, thanks for uh, taking the time to sit down and have a chat. It's been um great to find out more about your artwork thanks so much it's been really fun yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> no thanks again for tuning in to another episode of bench talk to view images of the guest's artwork follow us on instagram at bench underscore talk or go to the website benchtalkpodcast.com if you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes subscribe via apple Podcasts, spotify soundcloud or stitcher if you like the podcast don't forget to tell a friend uh, thanks again for tuning in and stay tuned for next week's episode.